piece of the Bulls fandom beginning to turn on Jimmy Butler. Beginning? This has been brewing for it's months. Been brewing. And I'm kind of mad at you because you perpetuate that. We can talk about it. Well, we can talk about it. That's why I brought this together. <laughs> it's the future. Down in distance. On WGNRadio.com. The thing with Derek is that he, he's been through a lot. Okay, I mean, I you know, he, he's been through a lot. And I, I think because of that, he's had to look out for himself in a lot of ways. Um, I can't put myself in his place. I never had those type of injuries. And, you know, so, so it's, you know, none of us can really, you know, we haven't walked in his shoes with his injuries. So, um, look, we, we've got a lot of decisions to make. And, uh, and, and that's, that's where we start, you know, right now. Our season's over with. And, uh, and we, we, we can, we're going to continue to work. We brought BC up here to fix the Bulls. Well, let's let's hold off. Let's hold off yeah, on we'll Bears. Say that. Let's hold off on Bears. Let's talk Bulls because BC's here. Go ahead, sir. I mean, it's your floor. There's a lot of things coming out right now, right? Bunch Down of stuff. the distance, right here. We talk about the Chicago Bulls. They didn't make the playoffs, forty-two and forty on the season. Less than what Brian Crawford predicted. Definitely much less. Three games you know, less than what three I predicted. Three games less than what he predicted. Eight games less than what I predicted. And most people, too. So now what we're trying to see is very funny because we've seen backlash on sports radio with Derrick Rose, but it's the same stuff. We've heard it for years. But what's interesting now is how a piece of, I can't even give you a percentage, but based upon social media, a piece of the Bulls fandom beginning to turn on Jimmy Butler. Beginning? This has been brewing for it's months. Been brewing. And I'm kind of mad at you because you perpetuate that a little bit. We could talk about it. Well, we could talk about it. That's why I brought BC <laughs> up here. He's upset with his brother because he feels like I perpetuate. You do. Based on the last podcast, the only issues I have with him is like your narrative. Be true to your narrative. I pointed out a couple of points that I felt like you're leaving it out there blowing in the wind for perception to be taken a certain way. And you're benefiting from that. Personally, I don't like that. That's my personal opinion. As a player, he believes, Brian Crawford believes he's going to be a number one net dude. I don't. Sorry, BC. That's my personal opinion. Nobody, nobody ran with me on BC, that. BC, I can't. I'm the same dude. I'm the same dude that told everybody Jimmy Butler was gonna be the, a a good player no, in the NBA. Weren't. Yes, no, I was. I was right there yeah, with you. Yes, I was. ICB. Uh, look, we both said it. When the second superstar conversation was going around, I said Jimmy Butler. People call me crazy. I believe in the dude, man. When he was on the bench, I said he needed to play. Now, I was right there with BC saying this guy needs to be on the court because you could see with the moments he was, the little time he was getting, like, okay, cool. And he worked on this game. And you could tell the way he played defense, man, this guy's going to put in the work. But if you're asking me if he's going to be the level of LeBron James, Steph Curry. Nobody's saying that. But but that's the thing, though. to, To be that guy... You don't have to be that guy to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at Kawhi Leonard. He's not that guy. I don't what even think he, he can carry a team. Okay, so is Kawhi what? Leonard going to win a championship? He this already got one. No, I'm talking about as that guy. <laughs> as that guy. This year can is going he? to be the first year yeah. where he has an opportunity to win a championship as I don't know that be, guy. because he's still got the same people around him. Okay. Not much has changed. Uh, that same people around so him now really with, not the same. So, BC, what happens? You build around Jimmy. Right. You can't look. But he can't, he's not going to be that. You have to be. You have to have one of those guys 
to win a championship, don't you? Y'all know how hard I've been on Fred Hoiberg. And the one place where we'll give him the benefit of doubt, and it didn't come to me until late in the season, but he inherited a bunch of guys that have been raised and groomed a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it, it's, 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 it's a totally different dynamic. I had a conversation with Jimmy Butler a couple of weeks ago out at uh, Fenwick on uh, April Fool's Day, actually. And, you know, I was like, y'all got a bunch of pit bulls in that locker room. And he's like, well, not really. You know what I'm saying? It's like me, Derek, and, you know, and, and Joe Kane, obviously. But, you know, a lot of these guys are new. You know, they're trying to get acclimated to Fred's new system. So whatever dog that they had in them kind of got pulled out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And, and you only – if you're a natural dog, it don't matter who you're playing matter. for. You right. know what I'm saying? But right. if you – like if you were built up to that and then whatever built you up to that is taken away, it's going to be a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? So I give Fred Hoiberg the benefit of the doubt there. The thing I love about Jimmy and the thing I can't understand why Bulls fans won't embrace him for, the dude leaves it all out there. Yeah. Except for that, you know, except for the last couple weeks of the season, which I really think his knee was bothering him a lot more than he was letting on. Um, the guy plays hard, both ends of the court. So question. Do his counterparts in the locker room, do they do they all do they ride with him like that? I think I don't think they dislike him. I will say that. I don't think they dislike him. But I think with a lot of people, especially, you know, in a situation like Jimmy Butler where you everything that you get. You know, you had to grind and work for it and stuff like that. So once you get a little bit of success, you know, it, it goes to your head a little bit. You come back down from that eventually. But this is where he is right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's that person. I, prior to this, he's never been that person. And I don't think he's that person. So it's a blip completely. on the radar. It's a blip on the radar. You no, know, I, I mean, I've seen it happen with a lot of guys. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know Anthony Davis is my dude. He got a little paper, you know. He got a little superstar Hollywood. It's cool, totally fine. Like you, you basically it's earn that. Not, it's hard not, right? To, it's hard right? not to, but you still the same person. That money don't change you, and if it does, it's not gonna change you for long. You know what I'm saying? If you were, you know, if you were, you know, if if Jimmy was like this coming in as a rookie and had always been like this, mm, I feel a little bit differently about it. But I've seen, I know what kind of person he is. He's just trying to win basketball games. I don't think you should fault him for that. When I take a step back, because I have been very critical of Jimmy Butler for some of his comments, and I said this before. I said the Bulls fan, the Bulls fans that stand with Jimmy Butler, I think I tweeted this the other day, the stuff that he's done and the way he's acted, you wouldn't take that from your boys in real life. Like, there's no way you allow your friend to operate like that. So if that's a teammate, and the way he's done things, the way he's operated, if you would check that in real life, then you have to look at that situation and say, yo, that, that's unacceptable. But he you can't have that. Now, taking a step back, it's a lot more blame that I take off the people in that locker room, and I'm just going to lay at the feet of the front office. Because the situation that they created yeah. and, and the atmosphere that they created was perfect for this type of discord. <laughs> you know, It was perfect. Jimmy getting his money, we don't... You, I don't have a problem with Jimmy getting his money. I respect Jimmy on the court. You would never hear me argue anything. The only thing I would say, people take Jimmy, I would take Clay. That's just me. That's my personal preference. But I think Jimmy is right up there. Absolutely right up there. Might be the best two-way player in the NBA. Period. You know, well, I, well, LeBron. Yeah. But at the shooting LeBron, guard spot. At the shooting, at the guard, shooting guard, yeah, yeah. it's Jimmy Butler. I read something the other day that I thought was funny. Um, and I forgot who wrote it. They said that Jimmy, you know, had a problem with 
guys like Derek and Joe King not being, you know, not being allowed to practice or whatever, being pulled from practice or whatever. He had a problem with that. And a lot of that came from either Tibbs, front office, whatever. It came from higher than those guys, right? Jimmy gets the same treatment now. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole trip thing. Uh, they went on the team. Napa Valley in Napa Valley and he yeah. didn't come. And, you know, stuff like that. He gets the same treatment. So to your point, the front office is at the root of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and in this town, for whatever reason, nobody wants to blame. Everybody wants to blame the dudes on the court in the locker room and not the dudes in the suits and the offices. And I thought it was a lame attempt. This is the way I perceived it. There was an attempt by John Paxson at the press conference to kind of almost apologize to Derrick Rose in his statements. Like he talked about him having to get back to a focal point of defense. But when he started going into, well, you guys have to understand, Derek's been through a lot, and there are certain situations that he put in that That's about four years he, too late. he's had to look out for himself. And it's like, man, that, that horse is out the barn. You sat there and you allowed mm-hmm. this to happen. You allowed him to be dragged through the mud. You allowed this. You could have stood up yeah. when the first ACL and said, look, we're shutting them down. I'm going to kill all this. You didn't do that. You could have killed all the noise. Last week we talked about it. You could have told Joakim Noah, you know what? What you're trying to do, trying to hold down the fort, is honorable. But we're not going to put your career on the line for this because we're not going anywhere. As a you team. talking about for the shoulder? The shoulder, the knee, the knee that came out of the, the Brooklyn knee. series. And the, Man, they owed, they owed him something for benching them. Absolutely. Hey, man. Everything that's <laughs> taking place. Hey. Everything that's taking place, and now and now and could have been handled. By the and now Joe Kim Noah is all of a sudden a top priority top of free priority. agency. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, it's not good. You got to blow it up, man. Oh, definitely blow One it up. One of the things you talked about moving Fred Hoiberg up to the front office. Of course, that's not going to happen gonna now. Happen. With Gar Foreman, I like being that solidified. Idea. I, I love that idea. I, I was, love the idea. I thought it was good. You get your real coach in there, and that's where he has his experience. Yeah, in the front office. So, I mean, I think it would have been a great idea on the court. A lot of talk about these two not being able to coexist. Right. We both have had conversations with people surrounding Derrick Rose, people surrounding Jimmy Butler. You talked about having a conversation with Jimmy Butler recently. The angst between the two is overblown. Yeah, there's no beef. We'll be clear about that. And we said that we said that over a year ago. They like each other. Yeah, they like each other. They rock with each other. First of all, they rock with each other because they're both dogs. Mm -hmm. Jimmy knows that Derek's a dog. He knows that. And Jimmy's not dumb. On the court, Jimmy Butler understands the game is easier for him when number one is on the court. Yeah. He knows it. Okay, so tell me how do how they how do they coexist? You You see? You move Jimmy to point guard. Now, we talked about this. We saw a story broke about moving Derrick Rose to the two. My question was, like, I didn't see Derrick Rose really play point guard all season. Not in Fred Hoiberg's system. I saw him throw the ball and run to the corner mm-hmm. yeah. 40% of the time. Yeah. You know, but if you have an interchangeable offense, sort of like, and I hate to say this, but sort of like what Golden State runs was perpetual motion. Right. Yeah. It's really not about a position. It's perpetual motion and putting the best players in their positions to make plays for them. If you can figure that out, then it's not a problem. I tried to explain this on Facebook and, like, nobody grasped it. But Jimmy Butler, right, number one option, he is the number one guy that game plans and defenses will be keyed in on, right? 
you make him a primary ball handler, he's smart enough and good enough to be able to make the right play. Like we've seen him get triple doubles with you know double digits assists and things like that. He can do that. So you capitalize on that, right? Nobody's paying attention to Derek anymore, correct? So what you do is you move him off the ball. You let Derek do what he does. Let Derek run the baseline. Let Derek cut. Let Derek flash. Let Derek play in the mid range. All you need is a guy like a Pau Gasol who can knock down that 15, 20 footer. Hopefully make he the, can defend. Yeah, to, and yeah, hopefully he can defend. But make the defense honest, get away and run the gym, you point all day. So how do you fix it? You wrote an article about it earlier. Have you changed your mind on how to fix this team moving forward? Yeah. Forget, forget NBA <laughs> championship. Just to fix it? Just to fix it and be a 50-win team. Uh, Got to blow it up. Um, blow it up. Got to blow it up. C4 that thing, man, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Attach C4 every place. Everywhere. You know what everywhere. I'm saying? You got to get rid of the guys who aren't going to give you anything. Doug McDermott, Tony Snell, Nico Miritich. I don't believe in these guys you can't at keep all. Tony Snell? No. Nah, come on, man. He got to go. Now, everything you're saying, basically, <laughs> you're putting the spotlight on the front office. I think these guys that, are. No one's talking about that. Yeah. You, Stop talking about Derrick and Jimmy. Sit that to the side. That's straight. You ain't got to worry about that. You ain't got to worry about that. All this other mess, this big pile of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. That's all Gar and John Paxson. Fix that. I say you bring back back Jimmy. You bring back Derrick because you have to. Yeah. You bring back Justin Holliday. You bring back Felicio. That's four. Uh... Felicio grew on you a little bit. He did. He did a lot. I think. I think he's gonna be. I think. I don't know how good he's gonna be, but he's gonna be good. He won't be terrible. No. You know what I'm saying? He won't no. be terrible. But those four guys, I don't think I'm missing anybody. And I feel like Bobby P. Yeah, Bobby Portis. Yeah. Those five guys. Everybody else can go. Bye. See you. So you're basically yeah. looking at seven yeah. spots. Seven mm. spots to fill. Now I have a name that I think is a perfect fit. I got one too. For a what? lot of people have said. Free agency. Oh, okay. I think if you put Nicholas Batum with Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy doesn't have to defend. Batum can defend the best player at times. Jimmy can be more aggressive on the offensive end. Batum can knock down shots. And you've seen him develop into a little bit more of a clutch player having to play with Charlotte. So now that dog that's in him, you add that and somebody else. I'm going to throw another name at you. I don't know where he is in his contract stuff, but uh, Jeff Withy in Utah. That boy can play, man. Like, straight up. Supposedly, can, the Bulls wanted to draft him. He can ball. Like, did you see him in that last game against, uh, yeah, against, the, Lakers? against the Lakers? Man, Withy got game. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not You know, he's not a stiff. He could play. Like, I think for whatever Hoiberg is trying to do, which was explained to me by Jimmy Butler is that, you know, the offense is supposed to be open. It's supposed to be free-flowing. It's supposed to have a lot of movement. If that's the system that you're going to implement, a guy like Withy would be perfect. I ain't seen no movement. No, nah, I ain't seen none either. But I think I think a lot of that, though, is, again, it's 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 guys that are used to a certain style of play. Yeah. You know, I think that's a lot of – it's a lot of tips in that locker room. Like a lot of people talked about Jimmy Butler has a strong isolation game. Yeah. yeah. Very strong. Like it. Sometimes he can be a ball stopper in the offense if he sees an opening. Like he's that type of guy. If he sees that he can take his man, he'll break the plate. Can I tell you I something mean, he told me about that? Does that. Not to not, not to also, break your train of thought. Let me tell you something he told me about that. I asked him flat out. I said, yo, do you break the offense? He said, no, I don't break the offense. He's like, what happens is when I get the ball, there's always two people coming at me, right? Yeah. So I got one or two options. I can take the ball and attack the basket. 
or I can pass it to the man that's open. Usually I'm attacking the basket because I can get to the rim and I can get fouled. You know what I'm saying? Like if I pass it off, you know, another guy might make the play or, you know, might not make the play. But I know I can get to the rim. I know I can get to the free throw line. That's his mindset. And it's smart. But see, that right there yeah. is the further development that Jimmy Butler will have because he'll begin to make the game easier for himself. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I'll say about Jimmy Butler. He does make the game. He puts a lot of effort into what he does. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort to continually try to get to the, as Michael Jordan. He <laughs> had to take a step back. Continually trying to get to the rim in the NBA, it's a toll on your body. Yeah, It's a toll on your mind. It's also a trust factor, too, but all great players have that. A- absolutely. But yeah. once he learns how to use his teammates, Mm-hmm. And like Mike says, look, I can put up eight points a quarter. What's that? Yeah, it's thirty-two. Yeah, and, and when Jimmy gets that mentality, man, I can I can put up six, seven points a quarter. And I don't want to nobody take this the wrong way because I'm not comparing the two. But Michael Jordan had the same issues. Absolutely, the exact Absolutely. same issues. Absolutely, Kobe Bryant, the exact same, same issues. issues. And like I said, I'm not putting Jimmy on that level. But, but the situation and the circumstances between those three guys though? are the in same. In this critical juncture of his development, Mike met Phil, Kobe met Phil. Mm-hmm. They met a coach that knew how to aid and assist them okay, okay, in that then. development. That they respected. That they respected. But, but, but who is Does that? Jimmy have that? I don't think Jimmy I don't think has that. Not in Hoiberg. No. Not in Fred Hoiberg. He respects Hoiberg to the point where Hoiberg is going to give him the green light to do what he want to do. But... That's not what that's. Nah. But my, my point going back to what we we're saying, Jimmy does what he does. He tries to get to the bucket and tries to take things upon himself. But that's because a lot of times you're trying to run a motion offense. Mm-hmm. Nobody's moving. Yeah. No, no one's moving. No that's how you're moving. You're playing no a motion movement. offense. No one's moving. If someone was in movement that he could see that's or he knew mean. they were going to be here, he would probably make a different decision. Same thing. Derrick Rose, he needs to pick up the pace. With who? Derrick who's, Ro- who's running with them? Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler got, probably got about four assists a game each just from passing the ball to power at the high post and he's shooting it. That's it. But he's, everybody, but nobody else is else? moving. If Derrick ain't doing that, he's standing in the corner. Standing in the corner. You know standing. what I'm saying? It's like, it's if Powell, look, if Powell is not standing at the high post, I don't know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. The only person who's actually moving at all is Jimmy Butler. Absolutely. With the ball and without it. He's the only one that's moving. Everybody else is standing around. So, to end this. So, they can coexist, yeah, because we got to No, I think the they can coexist. You just got to switch positions. A lot of positions. people are saying trade Derrick. That's stupid. Nah. A lot of people are saying trade Jimmy. That's dumber. Right? <laughs> you can't do that. That's not number one on my list, either mm-hmm. option. But let me tell you something. <laughs> if you if you find somebody that wants to be ultra aggressive and just flat out dumb and wants to make a Ricky Williams or Herschel Walker trade. Go get Boogie. <laughs> if they give me, please give me Jimmy Butler. We're gonna give you first round picks for the next four years and Boogie Cousins. And there's only like a couple people I would trade Jimmy Butler for. Boogie Cousins. Is Boogie one Cousins is one. <laughs> Boogie Cousins. Is Boogie one Cousins is one. You better have a coach here. Yeah, and the thing can. about it is, <laughs> yeah. you better have a coach here. Yeah. You know what makes Jimmy Butler such a great asset? His contract before the TV money hits. Like I mean, you in two years when you look at his deal, you're gonna be saying, "I'm in a different place on the money thing." I think it'll change everything and nothing at the same time. I get that. Change everything because obviously it's more money thrown around. Change nothing because but the mechanics salaries the are still going. You know yeah. the market and everything is, is going to even market. Out. Yeah. So Jeff Withy, other than Jeff Withy, we talked about Nick, Nicholas Batum. Is there anybody else out there 
from a veteran standpoint? Do they go after KD? They can't get him. Um, the name I keep hearing, not from internally anything like that, but fans, is like Mike Conley. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to go crazy. Like, that's just stupid. That doesn't make any sense at all. Like, that's that's hustling backwards I'm right not there. not even responding. <laughs> yeah. Don't respond. But, yeah, besides Withy and Batum, I hadn't really given it much thought about who they should bring in. Just about who got to go. Give me a couple more weeks. I might play from with that the little bit. Yeah. Is there something that Fred Hoiberg needs to change as a coach? What's his adjustment? How? Yeah, how I don't can, know. How can he change? Other than coach harder. I don't know. That's him, right? You got to get him players that, that, that you can mold. Yeah. yeah. Stronger assistants. Yeah. His assistant coaching staff is a little sketchy. Suspect. It's it, it, to me, it's the right player. Brandy Brown was let go, right? They called him a snitch, though. They did. I'm not saying that. <laughs> they called him a snitch. Yeah. Well, and not he not. Was, I, he was thrown under the bus. I'm sorry. Not a snitch. Not a snitch, but a spy. Elite. Yeah. Yeah. Elite. You can't. All right, that. man.